Hello there. The worst line in Star Wars history. No, I'm kidding. I was going to say, I'm very surprised you're opening the show with that. Yeah, I got to lure them in. Uh, Welcome, everybody, to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's our Thursday show, which means we're going to be doing a lot of discussing. Uh, We have uh, One with the Force. We're bringing that one back for the first time in a while. And we're also going to have a discussion uh, a little bit later on sort of finding a middle ground because we've heard Ewan McGregor talk about the fact that he needs to get inch, inch himself a little closer to the Alec Guinness version of Obi-Wan Kenobi than he was accustomed to playing in the prequels, which was much further away from A New Hope. So we're going to speculate a bit on what type of Obi-Wan we may get uh, out of Ewan McGregor this time around. Uh, so it should be a fun chat. We haven't really, we don't pre, uh, pre, pre-plan our discussions. We also don't pre-plan saying pre-planned, but uh, so we'll see what comes of it, uh, TRB style. But uh, Lacey and James with me as always. Gillerin, mm. you you are the type of person who uh, does not hesitate to state that Ewan McGregor and Obi-Wan Kenobi are the greatest of all time. So uh, you're, you're just excited to get more Obi-Wan as it is. Yes, I can't wait yeah. to see more obi-wan kenobi and more ewan specifically i love him um but again like this is a show that i didn't know i wanted until we got it but then as soon as they announced it i was crying like i'm just so so (laughs) excited about this show because um here on the podcast we talk a lot about actors being excited to be in their roles and what people are saying and for years and years he's been asked about it and he had like i'd love to come back i'd love to come back and then you find out for years he's been lying <laughs> because he had to about being yeah. able to be obi-wan kenobi again and how excited he is to do it it's just you can't help but be so happy for him that he gets to continue on a role that he had a blast doing in any of the behind the scenes footage that you watch um yeah so i'm excited to to see him again yeah and, and on the flip side of that you know james has not been shy in saying that you know i don't know that we needed this show i'm not sure what they're going to do or what they can do because he's supposed to be hiding on the desert but at the same time james you do like the character you do like ewan mcgregor you liked what mm-hmm. he did in the prequels as obi-wan uh so you got to be excited to at least see a different maybe a different brand of obi-wan coming out of this guy no totally and i think i think lucasfilm is definitely going to handle it in the situation where it's not going to be like it's not going to ruin the original trilogy or like certain lines and stuff. They always play very nicely to make sure that that stuff stays intact. You know, you might have to bend your imagination a little bit, but my, my thought process on it was, you know, Hey, you know, it's always kind of been understood that this was kind of the situation. So it surprises me that you're wanting to bend it, but they are going to bend it. And so I'm like, okay, well, we'll, I'll bend with you, you know, like let, let's right. go on the journey. Let's do the thing. It's six episodes. Let's see what Obi-Wan was up to. Um, but man, I'm, you know, we'll talk about it later probably, but I think you're a hundred percent right, John, that this thing's going to be a flash in the pan. It's going to be like all this leading up to it. And then it's just going to be done. Yep. Gone. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into our first segment, uh, I do want to quickly say a couple things. First, if you like what we do here at the Resistance Broadcast, uh, please consider supporting this show. Uh, we don't typically start our show off with this type of thing, but uh, our support our support from our Resistance officers on Patreon has meant a great deal to us and our future plans. As the you know pandemic ends, we get back to going to events. We get to cover Star Wars the way we want to cover it, improve our quality, all everything, all down the line, as I like to say. Uh, <laughs> so please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. 
Uh, tiers start at just $2 a month. It allows us to really keep making the show at the high level that we want to make it as consistently as we do. And we have a lot of plans to make things bigger and better over here. And uh, as a thank you for your support, we do offer a lot of cool perks and benefits over there of uh, becoming a resistance officer, including submitting topics for Will of the Force. We aren't doing that today, but a lot of people have seen a lot of topics submitted by our patrons at the major level and up. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, you know, we have a Discord server for tier three and up. They people seem to absolutely love that. It's a great time. You can talk about anything in there, and we have like the Admiral General's too. call too. The Admiral General's call every month, where we do a Zoom mm -hmm. call, private Zoom call, not even a stream with our admirals and generals. Love it. Uh, monthly mailings for tiers four and five, quarterly mailings for tiers three and up that Lacey handles for us. Surprise, her wrist has not fallen off yet. Um, but it's, you know, it's our thank you to you because your support means a lot to us and we really take uh, pride in that. So a quick thank you to our generals though. I wish Gotta I had a do fake it. arm when he said that. I was like, ah, and then just like, <laughs> or a just, fake... just the hand, like a Luke prop or something <sighs> that you can hold up like, and then just blood, fake blood, like the yeah. horror movies. Blood. I got to plan that later. Oh my God. Uh, oh my God. It fell off. Oh, what am I going to do? All right. So thank much you blood. to our... <laughs> Our, sorry, yeah, <laughs> NC-17 rated episode. Uh, our resistance generals, Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Beerfett Bethany, Russ Harbison, Kendall Gellner, Paul Olson, Jake Houchins, Jeff Connery, Oliver Lewis, Dave Hornack, Frank Grande, Ryan Wara, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you all so much for all of your support. You are the greatest, so thank you. Um, so now, James, uh, before we get into One with the Force, another quick announcement, if you don't mind. Go for it. Okay. So Lacey like, sort of sprung this uh, on our live stream that we did. If, but if you didn't see the virtual cantina last Thursday, then you don't know this. But we are, because they haven't done it yet, they haven't made it happen. So we're bringing back Make Solo 2 Happen Day. And this year, it is going to take place on Monday, May 24th. There you go, folks. Boom. Make Solo 2 happen. Um, yeah, Monday, May 24th will be Make Solo 2 happen day. Um, as we say every year, hopefully it's the last one because hopefully they just say, you know what? We got to do it. It's time. Han and Chewie, they need to come back. Yeah, uh, hopefully so, yeah, it's so, canceled this year. <laughs> yeah, all right. Hopefully Make Solo 2 happen day is canceled. Yeah, but we're starting planning now for it and basically just know if you're new to the movement or you're new to our podcast – we just like celebrating Solo. We feel like it didn't get the credit it deserved. It had uh, this, the deck stacked against it, and we're just kind of rooting for it and uh, sharing our love for it. So it's not a demand. It's not a petition. It's a shared love for this movie to let them know that there is a fan base for that movie, and we would love to see continued adventures. So on that day, you'll just simply want to use a hashtag on your social media accounts, hashtag make Solo 2 happen on Monday, May 24th. The last two years were uh, really positive really community uniting uh great time people from lucasfilm had gotten involved last year we had Jonas sotomo chewbacca himself right on our show uh and we're excited for some new surprises and fun this year so mark your calendars monday may 24th make solo 2 happen day and hopefully it's our last one but either way let's be uh, loud and show our support for that amazing star wars movie and we'll see what happens never tell us the odds right guys mm -hmm. correct absolutely all right now it is time James, one with the Force, Baze Malbus, where's my boy? The Force is with me, and I'm one with the Force. All right, this week we're doing one with the Force, a little different than uh, Will the Force. If we haven't done it in a while, are you tuning into the show? 
I'm going to give a scenario and we're going to have to choose one scenario, one, one, whether it's one character or one of the two or something like that. Um, but let's get into it and you'll see how this uh, segment goes. The first scenario that I'm going to post to you guys is which high risk job would you want to have more? An entertainer at Jabba's Palace or an admiral on Darth Vader's ship? Lacey, you're going first on this one. Between those two, you got to pick one. Which one are you going with? I'm going with Admiral on Darth Vader's ship. Jabba's Palace just looks dirty, and I'd probably be attached to some type of leash with the chance of getting eaten by a Rancor. Therefore, I'm going Darth Vader's ship. Okay. I feel like I could blend in and go unnoticed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. John, what do you say? I would do Entertainer at Jabba's Palace. Of course you would. I think my, because I, I sometimes have a temper and I sometimes run my mouth too much and I feel like I would get myself in a say. lot of trouble with Darth Vader if I was an admiral. <laughs> so I think if I did get in a situation where I got in trouble at Jabba's, you know, just like Luke, I can maybe get my way out of it. But Darth Vader would probably kill me in seconds. So I got to go with Entertainer at Jabba's. What would you do? Oh, to stand-up comedy, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How, how silly of me. Go ahead, James. <laughs> um, I am also going to go with Entertainer at Jabba's Palace. I think that falls a little bit on on my history of just being in a band and stuff like that. So when I when I see Max Rebo, you know, I think I don't think of him as someone who is – actually, I'm, you can kind of confirm this with canon – He's not like a slave or owned by this or whatever. He's a he's a dude who takes his band on the road and they gig and they play other places and they have their shows or whatever. And sometimes you occasionally get booked at weird places and he's just doing the show. You can go there, you can play a set, you can hang out, um, maybe get to know mm. some people. But nine times out of ten, just because you're playing in a in a a uh, shady area of town or maybe this venue is technically owned by some crazy people it doesn't always, and you know maybe those crazy people are even at the show it doesn't necessarily mean that your band is involved with it or anything like That's that i feel like you can kind of get in and get out and technically be like yo one time we played java's palace it was crazy he loved us we signed some autographs it was nuts uh and i could just, just see james like showing up and just pushing max rebo out of the way and just taking over the keys yeah. yeah i mean yeah i've I we've definitely played areas where we're like we're like looking out the windows we're like okay so those crack addicts are definitely having sex on that mattress uh and i need to walk <laughs> past them to get through the door <laughs> to backstage <laughs> yeah so it's like i'm just gonna wait for a few more minutes yeah it's just sometimes it's some weird stuff if james um, if if james <laughs> ever gets involved with some sort of like prada reunion show i <laughs> will do anything in my power to make it so that you show up on stage in a max rebo outfit oh great yeah oh <laughs> moving great. on no I'm, yeah no i mean he's he's the keyboard player so it makes sense yeah all right uh next scenario here uh you gotta you gotta choose one guys name a non-human sentient star wars species that you would like to see have a significant role um in in star wars you know um one of the main characters doesn't have to be the lead i don't know what that means anyway in future live action star wars series or films to catch um it, it can't be someone uh we haven't seen do it yet 
John, this is really weird. And no, you're reading it weird. The catch is one we haven't seen do it yet. Do it yet. <laughs> so show up. Yeah. To have a lead role. <laughs> oh, to have a lead role. Okay. Well, we know where we're at, guys. You know what I'm trying He's to do. He's basically get saying, like, don't pick Chewbacca. Yeah. Yeah. Even <laughs> yeah. though he was one of the main characters, he wasn't a lead. No. Even though <laughs> these characters that? This is a weird question. Anyway, Go ahead, John. Give your answer. John, you know what you want to say. <laughs> uh I'm actually curious what Lacey thinks about this. No, I'm asking you first. Go. Your turn. Um, I forgot to think about my answer on this. So, uh... <laughs> you want me no, to go I first? Say... I got one. All right. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'll do mine. Uh, mine is Claudites. Um, they are the Ooh. changelings that showed up yeah. in the Phantom Menace, uh, or sorry, Attack of the Clones. And, you know, it's, to me, when I was a kid, uh, I always thought that the coolest character in X-Men was Morph. And I honestly didn't even really, really know anything about him. I just thought the coolest thing about him was the idea that a character could change into somebody else that was really cool. And we have that in Star Wars. And I think if you brought in a character who was like a lead or one of the main leads and they were like, you know, kind of this underground sort of bounty hunter guild or whatever, whatever you want to make it, they're just, they're um, robbing a bank or something. I don't know. But one of the characters is this cool changeling type of a character. I think visually it could be really cool and uh, it could lead to a lot of cool story telling things, you know, where you're like, oh, he was talking to this guy. And then we find later in the series, no, it wasn't that guy. It was the changeling character who was this other, pr-, you know, that's and just interesting. a lot of plot twists and that cool is stuff. Um, they exist in Star Wars. We've even seen them in live action. And I think there's a lot of cool stories that you could tell with characters that are you know able to change their forms and look like different people so that's my that's mine i i like that pick i needed to defend myself on the phrasing i don't think it was that weird so it was name a (laughs) non-human name a non-human sentient star wars species you would like to see have a significant role it can be one of the main doesn't have to be the lead doesn't have to be ray that's what i mean Mm -hmm. uh in a future live action star wars and the catch is one we haven't seen do it yet in a future live-action Star Wars films or series, the catch, the catch one being... we haven't seen do it yet. <laughs> right. All right. At okay. least he understands the question, I think. so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I understood the question. It was I was getting caught up on reading it, though. Right. I'm a wordy guy. Sorry. It's written like um, John talks. So once you hear John saying it, then you know what he's trying to say. I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, it says here right, in parentheses, well... I am the best. No. <laughs> The man, the myth, the legend from Monday. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. What, uh, my what answer, non-human I, I an Star Wars character. Yeah, are you picking? I'm going with Ardinian because I really I knew liked. You were going to say that. I really liked because when I started thinking about, it, I'm going like going through the flat, the 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 what is that thing you had when you were a kid and the pictures would slide. Viewmaster. Red thing. Yeah. I'm looking at that in my brain. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. And then I'm thinking of Rio and like John Favreau. I'm like, I freaking love Rio Durant. So I think that'd be fun to have uh, him having like be one of the crew and be more of the main part of a uh, longer part of the story. I guess maybe I just wanted Rio to not die, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think Ardinian would be pretty cool. Yeah. All right, Lacey, what, do you, what did you pick? I want a sitcom with the sweater wearing Mal Ca- Mon Calamari from The Mandalorian. <laughs> like of a him 
a sitcom of like every day he's getting new ships he's getting new people he's getting new things to fix and like just his sassiness of dealing with those people every day you're pitching the show yeah. The character, everything, yeah. Well, she's she's, she's really in Seinfeld mode right now. She's been rewatching. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I have yeah. been. <laughs> show about nothing. She, she's like, yeah, I want the show to open with a big fat bass riff. And then they go to a restaurant, and it's always the yeah. same booth, you know, like right in same front of the booth. camera. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that theme the is cool Mike too Calamari. because they re- they made a new version of the theme for every episode. It's very cool. If you want to ever look that up. Yeah. Yeah, and he played um, it on uh, keyboard. Actually, it's a big keyboard-themed yeah. episode of TRB. Yeah. Um, all right, another question here. Um, so you can let's just say you can steal one thing from inside the Millennium Falcon, and this has to be Han Solo's Falcon. Can't do Lando; he's got a lot of really cool stuff. But we're sticking a Han's Falcon on this. What's the one thing you're gonna take, Lacey? I'm bouncing back at you on this one. What, Are first. his dice still in the Falcon? I don't think so. I feel like they didn't answer that question because when are you Luke it, has though? it when he's sitting there, but they don't show him with them after the fact. So he could have just you... put them back. Well, yeah, but he had them on there at one point, so you can take yeah. them, right? Yeah. I would take the dice. That would be the okay. obvious thing. Although you kind of question what's in that closet that he goes through in The Force Awakens. Like, are there any mm-hmm. little Ben Solo toys in there? Are there any like mm. Leia, him stuff? The, obviously, the metal mm-hmm. was in there. Uh, so it makes you wonder what's in the closet. Uh, but from what I Lando's, know, of, Lando's capes, <laughs> those mm-hmm. two. Uh, but yeah, from what I know, I want I want the dice. All nice. right, John, what are you taking? I I think I would like to. I hope you don't uh, take. Although mine. I, it would have to come with the instruction manual on how to play. But I'm gonna go with the Dejaric set. Oh, you're gonna take the whole table out. I'm taking the whole damn thing. That, 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 <laughs> the, the, the little kitchen corner couch thing, the whole the whole section. I'm ripping that thing right I, up. I, I understood the question a little more five-finger discount. Like if you had yeah, the opportunity to it. swipe something, John's yeah. over there with a screwdriver. Like, I got a whole out. team coming in. We're taking yeah. that thing apart with, with yeah. Allen wrenches like Ikea. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, but that's cool. Um. I would take I would take his jacket uh, that he wore in the Force Awakens, the the ice jacket, the big heavy parka looking jacket. Yeah. Oh, Um, okay. I thought you meant his bomber jacket. No, 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 no. The only tricky thing is he does leave that in Starkiller base. But see, the thing is, is like we're we're kind of playing with the timeline. Yeah. Like we know that that jacket was in the Falcon. As long as it's in the Falcon at some point. Yeah. 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 Sure. Sure. Um. That's a good. Yeah, pick. That's uh, a, that looks like a nice jacket. It does look like a nice jacket. It reminds me a lot of the ones that they wore on Hoth during the like the crew jackets, you know, and stuff. And I, yeah. I always think those are really nice. Those are made um, by Columbia, I think. They put yep. those out, and they're always like seven hundred dollars or something. I'm like, holy cow! So if I could swipe one, I'd be like, yo, this is Han Solo's like winter jacket for Star Killer <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, so that would be mine. That's the that's the one thing I'd. Uh, Five finger discount, if you will. All right, um, one more uh, for Will, uh, one with the force this week before we get into discussion. Uh, many fans want to see Ahsoka and Luke meet. For, uh, so, name another pair of Star Wars characters you would like to see meet uh, if they were able to meet in a scene of some sort. So, John, this one's going back to you. Who are two characters you'd like to see meet up? Kira and Leia. 
when they're oh. when she's younger. No, just it doesn't have to be in canon. Just like I used to love Han Solo. You love Han Solo. Let's trade notes on figuring this guy out. Like just hmm. see how that interaction would go. Um, because this this is a hypothetical. This isn't like a you know when who was when. But I followed canon. But no, I, I it's fine. Yeah, I think it'd be. I think that would be an interesting, very interesting, interesting thing. Um, I also I don't know who I was talking to about this, but. It would have been so funny, and they can't do it because it's obviously the original trilogy was made first. But if if when Han gets unfrozen and he's like, oh, "Who yeah, are you?" Yeah. and she goes, "Someone who loves you," and he goes, "Kira," yeah. <laughs> she just knocks him out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, Kira and Leia meeting and um, not. I'm not saying fighting over Han or anything like that, but just kind of like seeing what that interaction would be like would be interesting to me. Hmm. All right, Lacey, did you stick to canon? Yeah, I'm gonna go with my uh, pick as of the past year, which is Ray and Ezra Bridger. Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. thought you might pick that, honestly, just because you've talked. I said about it a it bunch so of times. I really want them to meet up in a later trilogy, episode ten, eleven, twelve. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think Ahsoka Ray little... is also cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine's a little weird. Um. I, I was kind of trying to think of something that you maybe could see uh, in live action uh, that might be kind of neat. And so I thought, all right, well, we got Rogue Squadron coming up. That movie is happening. And then I think there's a good chance that we might see Wedge Antilles in that series. And I thought, all right, so who would I like to see also in that series? It's a like the young hotshot pilot. It's a movie. I, you said not series. Well, I, well, yeah, but I mean, you, you know, that thing coming up. And I thought Kaz. I thought that would be really cool. I'd like to see oh, Cash from the would Resistance cool. make the live action thing and for him to be involved with Rogue Squadron would be really neat. Now, I don't necessarily know that this big director is going to be like, you know, she's probably going to want to create, you know, five new characters that are totally hers and probably not utilize a character, especially as like a lead. Um but if you know if all bets are off, I think that would be kind of cool if if Kaz was involved in in Rogue Squadron and he was still fighting for this this um, cause, and he was uh, he he met up with and and uh, was friends and being taught kind of firsthand by Wedge Antilles. I think that would be a really cool series for both fans of animation and obviously the old school trilogy and live action stuff. Yeah, yeah, even if it was a small role, like in Christopher Sean got to play it or something. Mm-hmm. That would be mm-hmm. cool. Would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Wedge shows up in um, Squadrons. So, you know, a lot of those characters got to meet him. And I thought that was kind of cool when you're there and you're when like, When does oh, that gosh. take place? That takes place after Return of the Jedi. So he's still, like, kind of young. Yeah. His character is. All right. That's it for one with the Force this week. I had a lot of Ooh. fun. That was a good one. Um, we're yeah. going to head into the discussion. Wow. What's up, John? Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Okay, this week's discussion, uh, finding the middle ground, how Ewan McGregor needs to blend his version with Alec Guinness's for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So in speaking about his upcoming return as Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ewan McGregor has on several occasions alluded to the fact that his character is now much closer to the Alec Guinness version of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he knows he needs to play a different version of Kenobi than the man obi-wan was in the prequels so let's just put our uh, speculation hats on here and just try to have some fun maybe finding a middle ground 
to speculate on what type of Obi-Wan we can expect to see in the Kenobi series. Now, a lot of people immediately, their brains go to the, well, he's got to be, you know, reflective and, and it's got to be dark and he's got to be sad thinking about Anakin and all that stuff. And, you know, I get that. There will probably be parts of that. But I'm just thinking, like, I pitch this from the idea of the personality uh, and maybe even physically how he's going to look. Like, what, what Obi-Wan are we getting here? Because, you know, like I said, he has mentioned a few times, like, I got to start channeling Alec Guinness a little more now. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't the young Obi-Wan, because even in Revenge of the Sith, he wasn't that old. Um, so now we need to see maybe the little bit of a grayer Obi-Wan Kenobi, and maybe he's a little less roguish, and maybe he is more of the more monk sort of wise Obi-Wan and you know, what aspects of Alec Guinness and stuff that Alec Guinness brought to the role is he going to dig into? Because he said when he researched the role from the prequels, he went back to look at young Alec Guinness movies to see how Alec Guinness acted as a younger actor. And I thought that was a very smart thing, but now he can go back to more of the root and maybe do a little bit of research on his uh, new hope portrayal. And that'll be more okay now. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like just want to want to toss this at you guys to see like where, where we can we're not going to ex- look at this series and expect to see our prequel Ewan McGregor Obi Wan Kenobi. There's going to be some differences there, and he has said that that is the case. So I'm just curious where you guys think he's going to take it and how much he's going to pull from the Alec Guinness Obi Wan, which really is two different Obi Wans in my opinion. The prequel Obi Wan and uh, just like anyone in life, like me at 25 is certainly going to be a different person than me at 55. So um uh i don't know who wants to take it first i you know I, i'm leaning towards Lacey because she um do you not want to go first is that what your fingers on your nose you don't want to go first okay so james uh what what, what do you think here did you uh think about this at all or you're just kind of like throwing your hat in the ring here what where, where do you think we're gonna get uh as far as what type of obi-wan we're gonna meet in this series which is really smack dab in the middle between the end of revenge of the sith and a new hope yeah. Well, one thing that I want to ask you really quick is, you know, I know you and I know that you're pretty proud of your jokes and puns and things, but you've yet you've brought it up multiple times and you've yet to really like wink at this. Is this a pun saying finding the middle ground a play on I've got the high ground? <laughs> it was that intentional, John? It was. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's the thing. I usually like to call yourself out and like see what I did there. Oh, finding the middle ground and didn't hasn't said anything yet. So I just wanted to make sure. All right. So finding the middle ground in this case. Um, yeah. No. I. I. I think. I think this is this is interesting. This it's over, is. Anakin, um, I have the middle ground. Yeah. I've got the middle ground now. He's I mean, got I saw. So I want. He's I, got the middle. The episode is like it's that's in the title of the episode. So I want to see if anyone else points that out, like before they get to this part. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, I think it's interesting because uh, you're right. Like even when we had um, like Alden Ehrenreich playing the young Han Solo, we we've seen that kind of stuff have has happened in Star Wars, but we haven't really gotten to a point where we're like looking at a character who's trying to kind of play the balance between a character who's younger and a character who's older. Um, and I I think that there is a pretty strong chance that they're going to come at this with uh, 
this ain't the Obi-Wan you remember. Like for fans of the prequels who are really excited to see Ewan come back, I think they're going to spin this in a way that they're going to say, you know, like I could see Ewan doing interviews being like, for fans of, you know, what I've done before with Star Wars, like, don't think you're getting the same thing. You know, we threw in some surprises. I'm, I feel, uh, I'm older, I'm wiser, I'm more to that Alec Guinness, uh, type of a Obi-Wan at this point and you know what how would that version of Obi-Wan handle this situation and I think you're right that it's kind of going to be a balance but I really feel like it's not like 50% that Obi-Wan 50% Alec I think they're going to lean to Alec to really separate the the Obi-Wan of the the prequel stuff to this new version of what Obi-Wan's, or not, I'm sorry, Ewan is per- portraying in this movie. They want to mm-hmm. say this is almost like Ewan's arc of a character um, and not leaving Alec out of it, but definitely leaning towards him so that they can really show like an A and B to how far Ewan has come. You know, he was this kind of a character as Obi-Wan. Now, you know, 16 years later or whatever it is, like, uh, for, I forget, like, you know, eight years after or something. I can't remember the timeline exactly. Um, but yeah, long after the fact, um, you know, this is, this is where he's at and this is how much closer to the prime Jedi you recognize, you know, in the original trilogy, he's, he's come, um, instead of just saying like, there hasn't been a lot of growth, um, I think they want to imply a lot of growth in the character. So I think they're going to lean, my personal opinion, more towards the Alec Guinness Interesting. Obi-Wan okay. that's style. A, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised. Instead of falling that, back on what they know is what fans like about that one, they're going right. to push it even further and be like, it's all right. that plus more, you know? Okay. Yeah, that's interesting because they did, I want to bring Lacey in here, but you could even see in Revenge of the Sith, I feel like Lucas tried to vault him closer he did the the more the full beard the more of the sage wise yeah the haircut and stuff like that and and the robe with the full hood on a lot of times and and that sort of thing and the lightsaber change and all that but uh yeah lacy so do you have a which kind of which obi-wan do you like better do you have a preference first off and and then uh second off uh what's your take on what we said and what's your take on this topic in general I don't really have a favorite Obi-Wan Kenobi only because there are two different periods in his life. You kind of touched on it a little earlier, John, where you're like, well, when I'm 25, I'm not going to be the same. I am at 50 something. So I I think it's hard to compare two awesome performances from two different actors at two different periods of time in a character's life. I think this show is definitely going to have to supply some type of explanation of how he gets to where we see him at a new hope. Um, and I'm drawing comparison here to like Solo Star Wars story or Luke and Last Jedi. Like you meet these characters and Solo, especially he starts as one character. And by the end, he's a completely different character from the experiences yeah. that he's had. So I can imagine that that's what they're going to do with this show. I can't imagine they're going to completely go 100% into A New Hope Obi-Wan Kenobi without touching on moments or regrets or characteristics of the you and you know from the prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at the end, you're going to end up where he should be as a character or towards that point. 
uh, because okay. you can't you can't kick off the show with him a hun- a completely different. I don't think that's good storytelling and or will make sense because okay. people are expecting one thing. I think it will be very jarring if you see a completely different Obi-Wan in the first episode. That's a great point. So you think uh, the first episode of this, we're going to see a certainly different Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, from like since the 10-year gap there. But throughout those six episodes or whatever it is, there's going to be another change happening to when mm-hmm. you get to the end And glimpses point that... back to the Obi-Wan we know from the prequels, whether it be through flashbacks okay. or through interactions with because... Qui-Gon and Yoda. One of the one of the biggest differences I think in the Obi Wan Kenobi in terms of Obi Wan's personality and not even so much how each actor portrayed him is Obi Wan is way more mysterious in A New Hope and guarded and uh, you see that at the the end of Revenge of the Sith he gets to that point where he's more like I'm now on my own he's got the hood up and he's off into the sunset that's what you get at the end of Revenge of the Sith so it's easy to see where they're going to go. But it's still a big chunk of time that they have to cover with this show in the sense of they have to explain how he got from point A to point B in yeah, the six episode arc. Yeah. So Obi-Wan, or like eight, in the prequels, six, I feel like six. is kind of they're saying, yeah, I believe six. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of like in the prequels, he's more of like matter of fact, like this is how it is. This is the deal. And then with Luke and stuff in A New Hope, he's very like tricky with his wording and how he presents things and the whole, you know, we rely on our certain point of view and all that stuff. Um, So I wonder if, like you say, we're going to just see that become a thing throughout this, this, you know, miniseries, or if we're going to meet Obi-Wan and be like, wow, he really is. He, he presents himself and prevents things he believes in in a much different way than he used to. I think he has Um, to, because the Obi-Wan you see in the prequels is someone that's, living a way that he's always known. And by the end of the prequels, he's in a completely different situation. Everyone he knows is basically dead. And he's not in hiding. Right. And his whole belief system has been rocked. So the one you meet in A New Hope is not the same person you see in the prequels, only because it's like he's had to adapt to this situation of, I have to be guarded. Whereas before, he didn't have to be. He had a support system of the whole, you know, Jedi Temple. Yeah, I mean, stuff like that. That's true. Yeah, yeah I, I I understand the point of saying like, okay, well, first episode, you're kind of going to get a, a prequel uh, Obi-Wan, but then mm-hmm. by the end of it, we're going to show you how he kind of turned into this. And, you know, if there ever was a time in Obi-Wan's life when he kind of went from being more like this to being more like this, um, if it was during this adventure or, or this week, you know, or whatever, this the six episode time frame, that's the most probably the most important. So we're going to show it to you, and that leads to what you're saying, Lacey, that we're going to see this version at the beginning and get to that version at the end. The only thing that hangs me up on that is again, kind of what you're saying is, I think we had the the prequel Ewan McGregor, and then Revenge of the Sith happened, and you know that that event is the event that turned him into the Alec Guinness one because after he walks away from all that stuff. He, you you are like oh man he's pretty wrecked he's probably a completely different jedi he's probably a different uh understanding of the force and what it all means and he probably did that in the first you know years i can't imagine it's eight years or decades later mm-hmm. he goes through this one change over a, a week 
or you know a couple months or whatever they want to say the time frame of the show is. I don't think well, it's that's why I think that happened as like a solo, which is what a week or something, a couple days. Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that you're not going to see that kind of transformation, but I'm seeing I'm saying you can't have a completely different like Luke Skywalker type character episode one because it's going to be very jarring to the people that aren't but, diehard fans that don't understand all the. But they and it could just be certain. And I understand, but they could be, did that. They it could be certain parts of him, yeah. though. It could be certain parts of him that mm-hmm. evolve in this series, like Lacey says. Sure. And some parts of him that the 10 years that have taken place that we haven't seen yet, it's changed habits. So there's like certain elements, different parts of your personality, some evolve at different times and, and for different reasons. Yeah. And everything I think he goes yours... through in Revenge of the Sith, it still doesn't explain him being by himself for 10 years. Yeah. It doesn't? Like Unless, I don't think I mean, the guy he makes at the, the end devotion of Revenge to of the watch Sith. over Luke, right? But the guy at the Revenge of the Sith, yeah, he's been through all these things, and yeah, you see the change, but he still had a support system in place when he left. Whereas now yeah. he's literally on his own. Yeah, well, that's where Qui Gon's going to come in, I think, because yeah. the whole thing of like, uh, you know, into hiding we must go until the time is right, sort of thing, and it, it does that mean until Luke is a teenager? You know, like maybe they'll explain mm-hmm. that, but I. It's going to be interesting to see, and this, again, this is speculation, but I think we all are pretty confident that Liam Neeson is showing up as Qui-Gon Jinn here to teach him how to become one with the Force and all that. To see an older Obi-Wan, because it's like, it's a kind of that morbid thing in a way where, like, if people lose their parent at a young age and then they become older than their parents were, mm-hmm. and they're like, I, I, I am in that age now that my parents never saw or something, like, like, um, like Dale Earnhardt Jr. being older than Dale Earnhardt now or whatever. But like mm-hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to be older than Qui-Gon Jinn now. And there maybe he will talk to him now more as a peer than as master, you know, and, and that sort of thing. And that mm-hmm. that exchange could be very interesting now in uh, in this series when it happens, which my guess would be Qui-Gon's wow. only going to show up for one big scene. No, I, I agree. I, I mean, I don't know how you're exactly peers when you're still human and trying to learn more about the Force and you're talking to an entity who is completely <laughs> made of the Force and has been there for a very long Figured time. Figured it out on his own, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, yeah. I I understand what you're saying, though. And I think the, the, the Qui-Gon thing is interesting, too, because Qui-Gon believed Anakin to be the Chosen One, was very dead set on it. And the Obi-Wan that is out in the desert who kills Maul, and when Maul asks, do you believe the person you're protecting is the chosen one? He says yes. So he, Obi-Wan thinks it's it's not Anakin, and then it is, That's in true. fact, Luke. So a conversation between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn is pretty interesting at this point. We're starting to get into speculation on the series and less so much about the Alec perspective. But That's, yeah, I can't but avoid I, that. But, but you you do have to remember that that when the prequel Obi-Wan was training Anakin, he was under the assumption this whole time that because Qui-Gon believed it, I believe it too. It's Anakin, I'm raising the chosen one. And we never got to see the the Obi-Wan after that event happened. I mean, we kind of did. He's like, you were supposed to be the chosen one. You were supposed to be my brother and all that. But we really don't see what life is like after that moment. And the process of switching over to, um, you know, thinking that Luke is in fact 
that person and the person who's supposed to save everybody and avenge everybody is is really interesting and knowing now that you brought up the Qui-Gon thing that just it, it leads to an interesting conversation that could happen between them where where potentially Qui-Gon's like I was wrong <laughs> maybe it's bigger than this you know or something um I don't know it's kind of interesting but I'm I, for me for my money I think the change happened after Anakin betrayed everybody and all that stuff and I think he pre-processed that and I think the marketing of Hey, this ain't your grandmother's Obi Wan or whatever whatever that phrase is. It's like, um, I think they're gonna market it as this is not the Obi Wan you remember. We're we're sh- we're gonna show you what he's become, and we'll see clips, we'll see trailers, we'll see images of him, and he'll look more that Obi Wan. And that's they'll weird set marketing us up. though, because you the first Obi Wan you meet is Alec Guinness. So to say it's not the Obi-Wan you remember is literally the Obi-Wan we remember. I I think he's I think because it's the actor who played him in the prequels yes. for people to make the separation. I you're right, Lacey, but because it's Ewan coming back. Yeah. The, so, the, the yeah, fans okay. of Ewan's Obi-Wan are like So let me let me clarify. Uh, yeah. I think because because it's Ewan, I think people are going to be like, "Oh, we're getting the prequel the prequel version and they're going to have to clarify in the marketing. No, it's not. It's not that version. This character has grown since that point. And I think they can also market the original trilogy, classic historical uh, nostalgia of it, of being like, this is, this is a new version of Obi-Wan that, that it harkens back to the original and the classic that you remember the old school fans, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, winning over the the prequel fans to this new version by bringing in Ewan, but then also winning mm-hmm. over the original trilogy and classic fans that have been there forever to be like, yeah, we're, we're kind of bringing back that attitude and that mentality of a, of a classic Jedi master that you remember from 1977, you know? So I, I, yeah. I think that's where they're leaning, but I could be totally wrong because the way you're saying also makes so much sense as far as like marketing PR and how I'm- they want to handle it. I'm nervous about one part, and that's um, the whole like um, reflective and sad and and whatever Obi Wan that people are expecting to get out of this because of the Anakin thing. Because if Obi Wan is supposed to be this goat Jedi who follows the teachings Matt. of Yoda the the best way possible, um, he's supposed to not you know um, mourn, and he's not supposed to miss people. And I know there is a human element to the Jedi that the Jedi of the prequels kind of um, failed on. And that was a big thing that Luke taught. Um, but I don't want to see a mopey, sad, depressed Obi-Wan Kenobi. So I hope that's not something they do. Uh, he can have periods of it. I and mean, maybe we see some of it or maybe they have do flashbacks or something. But I don't want to see this mopey, sad Obi-Wan Kenobi that needs some sort of moment in the final episode where he's like, Oh yeah, well, this kid can be a, you know, what say what redeems me because I can train him or something. I hope we see the um playful, charming sort of stuff like the Alec Guinness like he would, you know, make the sound and poke as the stormtroopers look away and then kind of smirks and, you know, uh the old w- wizard that has the sort of sense of humor. I hope we see that charm. I hope they don't dive too heavy in the uh like the mangled Logan type Thing. I you know think what I mean? we've already gotten that. 
again with the revenge of the sith like you got that emotional roller coaster that he went through you got that emotional moment where he's yelling at anakin when anakin's on fire like you get that tearful emotional moment from obi-wan kenobi i don't know if you're gonna get something big like that you might get like a reflective moment maybe like would you again start to see in revenge of the sith where he has like you know he's stroking his beard he's sitting back he's thinking very similar mannerisms to alec guinness in a new hope i don't know if you're going to get these big emotional moments but at the same time those kind of beats would make this interesting because you have to think at some point or another he does reflect on what's happened like he can't go through this without at one point reflecting on it but i especially if you're bringing in hayden right exactly so i think that you're gonna see ewan do a lot more mannerisms of alec guinness from a new hope than he did in the prequels there are moments here and there that you're like oh this is clearly that this is clear i think he's gonna lean more into it with this mm-hmm. while also kind of making it his own because he does have to make that transitional period yeah. to alec guinness um right but th- i don't know if this kind of falls into this discussion but the thing that i've kind of been stuck on which you brought up john a couple weeks ago i think was the whole ben kenobi thing like i don't know how he's oh, yeah. gonna handle that how they're gonna tie that in and the thing that you brought up was how Leia knows who Ben is. So that has right. to be a part of the show because they have to know he's Ben. Right. Um, so it's just like that kind of stuff where you're like, how is he going to handle this new personality, which might fall more to the James side of things of, okay, he's under this new name. Yeah, he's not Obi-Wan Kenobi anymore. He's this new person under Ben. And that explains why he's different because he he's not Obi-Wan anymore. Yeah, it's just old Ben <laughs> who lives out beyond the right. DC. Right. But I, I do think, and this may, this may be a little bit off here, but I have like a, a little prediction that I think just because of what they did in The Mandalorian, I can mm-hmm. definitely see them flashing forward at the end of the series to write up to A New Hope and we get a CGI Alec Guinness face like overlooking Luke playing with his T-16 or something. And, oh, you think? Yeah. And I think they'll use Ewan McGregor to map the face and they'll put Alec Guinness's face on there to sort of like really shore up the transition. And they it'll can be, do it, it like it'll half be, shadowed so that you don't see the full face. And yeah. it'll be like an epilogue thing. Like not not a big deal, but sort of like uh, transition away from like this is ending of Ewan's portrayal. And then they flash forward to end the series by showing the completion of the handing the baton to the Alec Guinness version. It's also another, like a nice nod to Alec Guinness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that'd be kind of cool. And we saw them do it pretty well with the Luke Skywalker face mapping. And they did it with Le- young Leia. Mm-hmm. I think they could, they could do it because they, someone did that thing where deep fake. They, what if no, they it's... Matt Damon him like where he just transforms like oh, oh like in Saving Private Ryan <laughs> Saving Private Ryan yeah they just like they, he says and I stood on that and I watched him for eight years and then it like, right. turns into <laughs> like, now you got me like, thinking of oh the Santa God! Claus when he's like he did it to do him yeah. yeah no but like someone did that thing with facial uh, symmetry and they said that in some crazy way you and McGregor's facial mapping and facial structure really did match Alec Guinness's really well from mm-hmm. the way his eyes are set and the way you know his forehead is and whatever mm-hmm. like they, they do those like point things or whatever so I mean he could be playing him and then them do the face change and that'd be like a nice like perfect way to like have them to like kind of shake hands and and hand it off and kind of like they did in the Force Awakens 
um with they had Alec Guinness's line blend in with uh, Ewan McGregor doing it it's just like the nice little thing for fans and like to to put a nice bow on it so I don't know if that's gonna happen but I think that'd be kind of cool I definitely think there's another like to Lacey's point there's a there's this whole side of like I think what the fans want like when they're bringing this series they they announce it in front of the audience because they know this is a fan hungry series you know and if they're going to deliver on what they want i think a lot of the times what i hear from people is we want we want to see that change you know or we want to see this character uh reflect on the situation that has happened before and you know it's cool if he ends up like you know the ewan or the uh alec guinness version but i think like a fan led thing. What am I trying to say here? That it makes sense that they would go into this and be like, he hasn't fully dealt with it. And this story will tell of, of how he came to terms with and turned into a more chill and relaxed and cool with everything and how it all went down version. Um, because I think that like tormented, uh, you know, can't it wakes up in the middle of the night sweating Obi-Wan having visions of how he failed the chosen one and all this. I think that's what fans are asking for. I don't necessarily think it's a good idea canon wise. When we're I. talking about the series, it kind of it, it struggles for me, which is why I've always been a little a little iffy on this series. I felt that the change happened years ago. So I lean if you're gonna do the series, they're probably gonna do it like this. That's how I feel. But in the sense of like the devil's advocate and like listening to what fans are asking for, maybe they go that direction. Maybe they really do say, you know, he still hasn't officially dealt with it. And we're going to tell you the story of how he mentally comes to terms with the events that happened uh, at the end of that movie. Yeah. I think I one know. factor might, I mean, that's a good point. And I, I think one variable here that may change the trajectory on what type of Obi-Wan we get is how much little Luke is in this series. And, you know, there's been reports that they were casting a nine-year-old Luke and I think even a nine-year-old Leia or something like that. Um, if you, if you're, if we're just going to get like that one scene where Obi-Wan's like overlooking and sees Luke playing and then you hear Uncle Owen like, Luke, come on in for dinner. And then we all cry because we know that Uncle Owen's going to be killed in 10 years and you see a little innocent Luke playing, not knowing what his future is going to be. But, um, if there's a lot of Luke and you gotta, you gotta figure Obi-Wan is going to talk to him in a way to gauge what type of kid he is, whether he has a lot of Anakin in him or not, uh, to, cause he knew Anakin at that age. Um, does he check does he get the signs from him that he has the anger in him and he's not going to be tell him a lot because Luke in A New Hope has no idea who Obi-Wan is other than he's you know this strange old hermit is the word he used so when if if there is a lot of Luke and there is an interaction it's going to be Obi-Wan kind of talking to Luke to get answers from Luke as to what type of kid he is and that'll be the mysterious Obi-Wan who's not showing who he is but using his uh, abilities to communicate to kind of figure out whether it's something that they should pursue or not with Luke, mm -hmm. or if history is going to repeat itself the way he failed with Anakin. So Luke, do you I guys want to factor in what what type of uh, Obi Wan? To what degree do you want to see a young Luke? Because I I would be totally fine if they cast it. They cast a a, a good you know 
young actor to, to pull this off. And he was in like, you know, four of the six episodes with like major parts and stuff. I, I would be cool with it. I'd like to see somebody do that and, you know, kind of have that, like that, you know, the passing of uh, another character who's playing, you know, like the, um, Han Solo kind of situation. I mean, it reflects even on the concept of what we're doing here. You know what I mean? The Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi is Alec Guinness, but we've played in where another actor can come in and do that. So having this young Luke be part of the series is in that same vein and that tonality of of playing the younger version of a character. I think it kind of reflects on the prequels in that sense too. I, I would like that. And I think it would be really neat to see their interaction and having this kid be a little bit more of a star. Like he knows him. Hey, what was it like when you were asked to be Luke Skywalker? And you know, that's cool. He knows him as Ben Kenobi. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that though, because when we meet him in a new hope, he knows Ben, but he knows of Ben. It's not like a solid relationship. Let's play catch in the backyard. I know Ben. So I don't know how I feel about like a bunch of Luke in in the series i could see him being here and there like oh there's like john said there's a glimpse of him here or maybe he runs into him once one-on-one but i, I can't like see luke it being has like met him in the piece. comics around that age and that might be the case i'm saying from yeah. my experience of watching a new hope it seems to me uh that he doesn't really know him that well and he was so, happy yeah. to see him but yeah, it doesn't mean he knows him well yeah right um the the one thing is there's clearly the Something happened, and we've talked about this. Something happened between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope that made Owen very nervous about Obi Wan Kenobi and like stay away from him type stuff. Yeah, so that's that, the that's question. Like, what that wizard's just that? a crazy old man. Yeah, and uh, maybe it's just you know in raising Luke, he's fearful of Luke entering that whole Jedi thing because of how he saw what happened with Anakin or, you know, whatever. I said the thing about the comics too. I definitely know that Owen goes to his house and like slams on his door and tells him to like stop dropping off presents or something like that. I I can't remember the exact details of it, but I definitely know that they've, they have had, you know, that conflict, Owen and Ben. Um, So, I feel like you got to exemplify this. This is this is what people are wanting in this series. You're going to get um Owen Lars, you're going to get a young Luke, you're going to get Ben in the desert, you know. But what yeah. what what yeah, what is is Kenobi going to be passive in that sense or is he going to be like telling Owen like like you don't understand what this kid's purpose is for the future of the galaxy like or is it going to be one of those things like okay, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you know, like I'll I'll stay away from him, but they'll still always watching because mm-hmm. clearly when he he saves him from the Tuscan Raiders, he like sensed that he was out there, and he's like he went to go find him, so he's always like looking over Luke, and I, you know I, I, they'll handle it in a way so it's not like creepy, like <laughs> I'm hiding behind this, but he's always watching over him, so. Uh, the, I think it comes down to a lot of these factors and who who's in what for how much as to what type of Kenobi we're going to get. But, mm-hmm. you know, my last point on this, because I know we're probably up against time, is, you know, Ewan McGregor is pretty dialed in. He's a really good actor. Uh, he seems really excited about what they've done with these scripts. And if he was already channeling young Alec Guinness to play a young Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know he's really doing his homework to dial into an older Obi-Wan Kenobi to see not only just what Alec Guinness did playing Obi-Wan in A New Hope, but other movies he did around 
that time or maybe even a few years before. So maybe he dials into uh, Alec and his stuff from the late 60s because that's the age he's supposed to be to play him. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if in interviews and stuff, you hear Ewan McGregor point out some late 60s Alec Guinness movies that he watched to try to hone in on that type of Alec Guinness. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have any final thoughts on this one, but we're going to have a lot more Kenobi to talk about as they release more info about this. Go ahead, James. Um, No, I mean, I feel like we've we've pretty much talked this out. I'm, I'm you know eagerly anticipating the series just to have this type of a question answered <laughs> for, for me personally, you know, I've talked a lot about my, my thoughts on the series. And I think like, I'm anxious to see because I ultimately know I'm going to enjoy it. You know, I'm going to be like, Oh, this is cool. This is fun. I don't find myself in a situation. I don't see myself in a situation where I'm going to be like, dude, I've been preaching forever that this was a big mistake and they shouldn't have done it. And it obviously is a big failure. I'm not going to be there. I'm going to say, I think my stance even right now is still like, I'm hesitant, but I'm anxious. Like I want to see what they do. And this is, this is part of it is figuring out what kind of an Obi-Wan are you even going to play? That's interesting. Yeah. That changes a lot just based on, oh, it's going to be totally like a, a, a prequel-ish one. Oh, well, maybe this type of a story is how it's going to play out. Oh, it's going to be completely like an Alec Guinness one. Oh, maybe it's going to be more like this kind of a story. It's just yeah. interesting. You know, that's a big factor, like heads or tails. Um, so uh, I'm excited for this for sure. Yeah, and Lacey, I know you're excited. So any any final thoughts or hopes about which type of Obi-Wan you're going to get? No, I think Ewan's going to do a great job. He has a lot invested in this series, I think, from not just playing Obi-Wan, but I feel like he's one of the driving forces of why this series is even happening. Um, That's a good so point. So I'm just excited to see what he does, and he believes in the story, so I believe in him. I'm sure a lot of fans do, and I can't wait to watch it. You make up a good point. He's really excited to come back, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. All right, now uh, we are going to give it right back to Glacey to um, <laughs> take us to our next... Well, first of all, let us know in the comments, of course, as always, what do you think about this? What mm-hmm. type of Obi-Wan are we getting? What type of Obi-Wan do you want? And uh, let's uh, keep that chat going, and uh, we'll find out soon enough, because like James said before, that thing's going to be gone, come and gone before we, before we know it. All right, mm-hmm. uh, now it's time for uh, our next segment, Lacey. What is the deal? Guys, it's time for Resistance Transmissions. So the way this works is every week, John puts up a crazy, wacky situation on Twitter, and you guys give your answers. So you can follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N and look out for the scenario. So the scenario is... I can't believe you've been saying situation for almost three years now. (laughs) I know. And... I don't regret it because I say it like that normally. I know I get now. Now you have to. Now you have to say it. All well, the time. no, I'm saying like in real life, that's how I say it, and that, and it just kind of that's how it's happened for people that have recently joined TRB. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I say it that way. I've always said it that way, and it just kind of stuck um, to the point that people have asked, like, "Do you say that like that?" And I'm like, "Yes." I do. <laughs> all right. So the scenario is: Sabolba so learns that Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader. Afraid of revenge from their pod racing scuffles, Sebulba decides to change his name in hopes Vader, parenthesis, former little Skywalker, doesn't find him. What does he change his name to? First up, we have Neil Lowry at Lowry Neil. Hey, Neil. And Neil said, his new name is Sandy. 
Oh, that's good. <laughs> Next up is Star Wars Ooh. Toy Stories at SW Toy Stories, who said, Sebulba Skywalker, guaranteed not to be found unless he blows up a Death Star using the Force. <laughs> I see what you did there, Raymond. Next is Beer Fet Bethany at Beer underscore Fet. Hey, Bethany. And she said, high ground. Because <laughs> he can't. Next is Jerry at the Cannon Junkie. Hey, Jerry. Jerry said, Bob Bulba Bulba Refrigeration. <laughs> Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. <laughs> Office joke. Hey, what kind of line Bob of work Bulba. you in, Bob? <laughs> Founder uh, and CEO of Bulba Refrigeration. <laughs> no, it's from a little the bit office. more like the uh, Bob Vance, no, Vance Refrigeration. Yeah. Uh, next is Jeff Englehart. At J.W. Engelhart, uh, he said, Ben Quadraneros. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next is Gal- Galandro007 at Galandro11, who said, Sebulba Skywalker. <laughs> Hold on. Galandro, just pick a number. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he was going for uh, 00711. Uh, maybe. What was it? What was his one? What? Sebulba Skywalker. Sebulba Skywalker. Oh, I didn't realize I put two Sebulba Skywalkers in the answer. <laughs> it's okay. Next is Matt Skywalker at Jedi underscore adopted. And Matt said, Jake from State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's always popping up everywhere. <laughs> Next is Brian Ward at Brian E. Ward. And Brian said, Hey, Brian. Brian said, Lava Burns McHigh Ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Brian. <laughs> And last but not least is Derek Neal at the real D underscore Neal light bulba. <laughs> John's I, I don't I don't get I, it. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's a play on light bulb. It's just funny. Oh. Oh, light bulba. <laughs> John got that real fast. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for your answers. If you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N. And, and if you want to, also Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. Uh, and you could be on the show. It's a lot of fun. And back to John. Uh, the, the light bulb buzz didn't go off in your head when that joke was read? Ugh. Honestly, I took it as like, is it supposed to be like lightsaber, but he I changed thought, saber yeah, to light bulb? Yeah, and I'm that's like, what I thought. I don't know. Just a plan bulb. Yeah. Yeah. Which a lightsaber was the flash? You know, so you guys may not have liked that joke, but I, <laughs> I didn't say I didn't it. like it. I just didn't get it immediately. And yes, I just got your lame <laughs> pun. Can you please enter the show, please? My Doug pun because yes, Sebulba's a Doug. Sebulba's a Doug. Oh. Yes, got it. Yeah. Yep, I studied too for Schmodown. Go ahead. Oh, I just knew, I, I I always knew Sebulba was a Doug. <laughs> I just know my stuff. Okay. Um, all right. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. Subscribe to the show on all of your podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, uh, Amazon Music, wherever you prefer. Get your podcast, SoundCloud, uh, or right here on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Star Wars News Net Videos. Uh, we appreciate that. If you are watching on YouTube, uh, like the video, share it with a friend, leave a comment. Uh, let's keep uh, keep the good times rolling here. Uh, StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and writing and editing over at StarWarsNewsNet.com. And remember, set those calendar dates May 24th, Monday. Make Solo 2 Happen Day is back, baby. Sadly. 
but uh, hopefully for the last <laughs> time. Uh, Lacey, what, uh, where can people find you? People can find me. Oh, my ear thing's falling out. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin, where I talk about James. Star Wars and fun stuff. Nice. James? Um, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks, trying to cancel Make Solo 2 Happen Day. <laughs> that's the goal it's the ultimate goal (laughs) yeah yeah. i don't want to use that so yeah we'll be back on monday morning with another episode for all of you right here on the resistance broadcast we'll see you around kids